Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Homo Ground, same ground, different sound. This episode is brought to you by Lambda Legal, America's leading legal defense organization for LGBT people and everyone living with HIV. To support the fight, visit lambdalegal.org slash homoground. This is Mira, and you're listening to Homo Ground. This is indeed Homo Ground. My name is Maya McDonald, and I'm here with a very special episode of Homo Ground. We're featuring my bandmate and friend Mira to discuss her new album. It's out this fall. She's also got an upcoming reunion performance with Tao of Tao and the Get Down Stay Down. Tao and Mira will be coming together on May 30th to headline the closing week of this season's The Hum. It's a concert series created and curated by Rachel Pazdan. Features performances and collaborations between your favorite female and non-binary musicians here in New York City. This season's series has taken place at House of Yes in Brooklyn every Wednesday and will culminate on May 30th with collaborations from Katie Von Schleicher, Julie Byrne, Alex Brown, Brianna Barbara, Dida Peled, Lila Vander, and Rennie Lane. Tao and Mira will be headlining the evening seven years since the release of their eponymous album and tour. We're giving away some tickets to the May 30th show. You can visit homoground.com along with our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for your chance to win. Right now, let's listen to some Tao and Mira. Do you intend 
the album Tao and I made is so great it's I mean it's hard to say which one of my like it's one of my favorites I think it's really great and it was a special experience making it um and it was it's just such a particular period of time of my life and those songs and then the tour we did afterwards um and unlike the other albums that I've made that I can sort of you know I I pull from here and there at will that one uh I haven't been able to play a lot of the songs on it because half of them are like Tao songs that she sings and um so it just feels exciting to have a chance to revisit the album and and play a show with Tao because playing the shows with her touring that album were like some of the funnest shows um they were just really fun we had a great band the premise of the hum is that it, it it's featuring artists that haven't previously uh, collaborated or worked together, and that's sort of. I guess we we don't count. You don't count, but <laughs> but Rachel you, was kind enough to ask us anyway. <laughs> but you do count like retroactively, right? Because you guys hadn't made music before you do, like dove into this record. That's true. Um, that's true, and actually, the reason why the record happened was because. Both Tao and I work with Terrorbird and Lauren Ross from from Terrorbird. Um, she just wrote an email to each of us and was like, "I think because I had, I had just moved to San Francisco, and Meryl Garbus had just moved to San Francisco, and Lauren was just you know doing her thing like putting all this information together, and she was like, "Bling, I have an idea," and she wrote emails to all of us like, "I think the three of you should work together." And we were all like, oh, that's a great idea. So it was Lauren Ross's idea. You guys didn't sit in one room and make this album in that way. Well, we, right. We didn't, um, it's true that we didn't write together as much as we recorded and produced together, um, which for, I mean, for me, recording and producing is like, at least half of what I do. So it's not insignificant to me to have that be the shared process. Um, and all of the people who I've worked with on my albums, Phil, Elvram, um, Eli Cruz, and, you know, and Tao and Merrill on this record, um, the, the process of collaborating in the studio is like, a, a very crucial component. Um, so it's true. Tao and I wrote separately 
Um, although only two of the songs, uh, one of each of our songs was written before we met and before we decided to, to do the record. And all the other songs were, were written after we had met and decided to do the record together. We just didn't like, tr we didn't sit in the room and, and like, how about this chord? How about that chord? <laughs> you know.
Is the Hallelujah story a private story? It's not private. I can talk about it. Um, that's a song that I, it, as I recall, sometimes I'm like, who, who wrote these songs? I like, oh, I guess I like, who, who am I? It, it feels like they, they wrote the songs wrote themselves. I was there, but sometimes I like, can't quite remember, you know, it's not like, um, this really accurate, like, oh, tying this line to this line. Um, it's, it's like, it's a, it's like, a, it's like a sensual experience. It's like my, my senses are involved and I have to sort of like, you know, feel it out and like make it in space, but then I can't really remember how it happened. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense yeah. at all, but, um, the things that I do remember about writing that song are, um, I, I remember that I was thinking about my sister for parts of it and just thinking about, um, you know, my, my sister as a person in my life who, like, at that time she was working so hard and doing, you know, it's like so talented and has all of these um, amazing gifts and the world just doesn't always give you back this sort of equal and like, you know, wide open feeling supported kind of thing. <laughs> Sometimes the world just feels like you you give and give and you try and try and you still just come up short and the the disappointment of that and the 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 painful feelings about that i that that was part of what i was thinking about and um and then there's one verse uh where i specifically describe a storm that um so tao and i wrote and recorded this record and toured this record but actually before we recorded the record we toured together as sort of um like super group you know Mira and Tao and we had put together a band that we shared um and on that tour we were driving through I think um I think western Kansas and we were either in like southern Colorado or western Kansas or something and we ended up driving right into this insane uh, hailstorm where literally the sky went black and um, that we were in two different cars and Tao was in the car ahead with some of the bandmates and I was in the car behind. And um, in her car, the windshield just got demolished. Like it didn't get totally blown in, but they couldn't see anymore and they had to pull over and it was super dangerous and that was happening to every single per car on the road every person on the road um and we were able to make it off the highway before um you know we couldn't see anything but it the whole thing was like extremely um it was it was powerful it was it was scary but it was also like um just the 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 forces of nature that Especially if we live in cities, um, we don't often face in such a direct way. And I mean, we, we were like inside 
our car. So I, I mean, I was like, what are the cows doing? <laughs> you know, like, they're like, like, whole, I mean, what, like, the trees are experiencing this too. Like, what, this is crazy. Just the force of the wind and like, and the, you know, lightning, hail, black sky. Um, it was very dramatic.
space.orbit. That was the one song on the record that I wrote before before we had plans for the record. Um, I wrote that before I left Portland. And actually, it was um, the name is I so I had I was working on that song at the same time as my a very close friend of mine, Ariana Jacob. She was curating this event at the Portland Art Museum where she was asking musicians to choose a painting or just a piece of work at the museum to sing a serenade to. And so I got to tour the museum and pick pick a, a work of art. And I already had the song kind of started, or maybe it was mostly finished. I can't quite remember. But I ended up really being attracted to this Helen Frankenthaler painting um, that was called Spaced Out Orbit. And I was like, oh, that's the name of the song. And it, like, it just made so much sense to me to put those things together. Are you regularly uh, inspired in that way by other forms of art? I think the thing that like uh, most consistently enters my psyche from the outside and makes its way into my music, both the lyrics and sort of sonic palette, is it's things like that hailstorm in Kansas. It's like forces of nature and just the the, the feeling of being alive on the planet and um, with all these other living creatures and, you know, in like looking at the universe of stars overhead and that that's that's the stuff those are the works of art that like most consistently make it in well i saw something that resembled that place on the other side where we were together on the moon we walked and kicked up lots of dust we made a space cloud of us and of that stuff we were afraid of we had a home there and in the glow we'd stare at each other and nothing other than each other and i thought nothing could ever touch us except the space dust all around us but now there's something digging down into the crust trying to find an ocean there under the home we share they set their way down like an earthquake we cracked was it the government What we have 
This episode is brought to you by Lambda Legal. Lambda Legal is America's leading legal defense organization for LGBT people and everyone living with HIV. Currently, Lambda Legal is fighting to protect the right of transgender people to serve in the military. They're sounding the alarm about extremist judges. And they're battling religious exemption bills, which provide a license to discriminate. To support the fight, visit lambdalegal.org slash homoground. That's L-A-M-B-D-A legal.org slash homoground. I'm really excited to release this record. I, I'm really excited about about the record and how it turned out, and um, it was really fun to make, and and I feel uh, I mean it's always fun to put out a record. It's like a, it's just like a a new, it's a new collection, um, that and you know it, it takes long enough to make a record that it's like. It's like this whole, it feels like a whole treasure trove of like all the time and effort that I put into this thing that I've, you know, like, oh, and then we can do this and that, and then we'll put these together and all these decisions, and then you like put it all together, and then it's finally ready to present. Um, I'm just so excited for that. (laughs) Uh, You said something to me a few months ago uh, about how like, of course, there are always more changes one might want to make but that you had used up your like x amount of decisions already maybe it was a thousand of them or yeah. something but that stuck with me and resonated in as my you head were finishing as I was your record desperately crawling yeah to the waterline yeah to finish my album I mean it's I think it's so much about process also and about what what feels right to you and so like depending on who you are as a person or what that song is asking you to do or what the collection of songs is asking you to do, it can totally be the right thing to um, like really with like a very fine brush, like go over every single thing and make sure it's just right and like, you know, set everything up. And sometimes it feels good to just, make broader strokes of decisions or, you know, feel like, well, I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but it feels like the right thing to do. Like, for example, the last track on the record, Energy, I did, I deliberated whether or not to re-record the first half of the song, which on the record is, it's an iPhone memo recording. And I recorded it in my living room Five minutes after I wrote the song, I, and it, it was one of those songs that I wrote really quickly, and I just, you know, I wrote it and recorded it. It is not high fidelity, um, and, I, you know, I'm, like, moving around, and you can hear that, and, but, it like, there's something that that recording really captured that I I would never be able to recreate exactly, and... Um, it just, it felt, especially because of the nature of that song, it felt really um, kind of important to me to be vulnerable and to share share that in the vulnerable state of like, you know, I just wrote it. This is, it just came out that way that one time. I didn't, 
I wasn't planning on putting it on my record when I was sitting there in my living room five minutes after I wrote it, you know, recording it onto my phone. So it feels um, both, uh, you know, like a, a little bit scary to make that decision and also really good to make a slightly scary decision. The song Sundial is one that I personally have witnessed like a pretty big evolution with <laughs> and and you've chosen to release two really different versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm impressed that you were able to like let go of the strings version mm-hmm. in order to accommodate sort of a new vision for that song yeah. that Greg made. Yeah. Um, how did you unhear the old version and the one that we'd been doing for so long? Well, I mean, a crucial piece there is that I asked Greg to, um, I mean, I had the, the, a lot of the um, songs on the record, I recorded the basic tracks um, while I was on residency at Headlands um, and a couple other places. So, and, and a lot of those basic tracks are on the record, you know, like it's that that guitar take and the original vocal. Um, and and the so it's like the vocal and then the three-part ooh harmonies. And that's what I had before Jarek wrote his string arrangement. Um, and then, you know, the song sort of traveled into Sundial EP strings land and tour. And um, so it like Im- had a period of time to embody that sound but I always you know my original my original song was this sort of incomplete um just guitar and vocal actually the original I had only written two verses and hadn't written the the words to the um the b section yet um so it was sort of like in inside of me it was still waiting to have another version of it made. But after going through the process of um, Jarek writing the arrangement and doing that recording and all the tours, it was hard for me to hear where to take it. So I asked Greg, Sonia, like, can, like, I'm just going to give this to you. And I'm curious what you'll hear. And so then the, you know, the bass and the drums that come in, on the ooh section, um, and that and that crazy guitar. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is perfect! I love it!" And I would have had such a hard time hearing this because of the sort of training of, you know, the recording the strings version. But um, yeah, it. I mean, it 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 sort of required me to like bring someone else in. We look to the strongest light in the sky We've been living here since the dawn of time We don't count the days we've got the sun inside And we've been watching you this whole
is interesting about uh making a collection of songs is the way that like each one sort of starts to inform the other one and it all turns into this like moving mass of thing that lives on the same planet hopefully Mm -hmm. um did you like keep going back to these songs to once you knew what the voice of the record was and the tone to make things be in the same world at all yes and i mean i i actually had the basic recordings for quite a while before um like committing to like or before acknowledging that they were a collection of songs and I I sort of had this idea that they I was like well this is the this is like gonna be my weirdest album yet (laughs) like I can't see how these songs go together at all um in, in their original states, even though now when I listen to the original demos, I'm like, oh, like, of, of course they were there as a family. I just couldn't quite hear it yet or couldn't quite see it. Um, but definitely the process of, um, you know, taking out each one in like ha- having the original form and then, you know, a couple of them got structurally changed a lot, like hot, hot. Um, was really just a, a pretty short piece when I recorded the original, um, and it got several new sections, and we expanded it. Um, and I mean, the the instrumentation is at at once quite varied, but also there are familiar characters that show up throughout the record, um, like the troubadour organ. My my favorite friend. <laughs> Can we just go Headless. pick that up and bring it on tour with us? I wish that we could. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is so heavy. We better start checking Craigslist. Yeah. Does anyone out there have a troubadour? Travel version. Are there other uh, things about the hum that you are excited about or this show in particular? In general, 
I really love the home series and I mean, I, I, I love what Rachel has put together and the idea, um, and the shows have all, you know, all the ones that I've been to have been really great. It's also really cool that, um, you know, her focus is on building community and, you know, I spent a lot of my life living in a, a smaller town, a lot of my life, 10, 10 years anyway. Is that a lot of, that's a fourth of my life? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, I always found that smaller, smaller towns or cities like Olympia or Portland, it, it was, uh, it was sort of just came with the territory, like community came with the territory because you just run into people anyway. Like you couldn't help it. You know, you couldn't be alone if you tried. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, New York is a different, has a different scene than that. There's just a lot more people, a lot more space. People are more busy. So it does require effort to sort of build community and um, bring people together on a regular basis, um, you know, with sort of common common loves. And uh, I just really appreciate that Rachel's doing that. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for talking to me. Oh, thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'll see you uh, presumably before our show. When we have when practice. We rehearse. <laughs> yeah. So I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll thanks, see Mira. you there. Major thanks to our Patreon supporters, Willard J., Ren Wilder, Catherine the Gay, Ashley E., Michael Bacon, and Critical Explorers of Future Societies. You can support Homoground and receive access to special content at homoground.com slash Patreon. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Lambda Legal. You can visit them at lambdalegal.org slash homoground. And of course, don't forget, we are giving away tickets to the Tao and Mira show. It's May 30th at House of Yes in Brooklyn. Visit our socials and our site for more. Today's episode was produced by myself, Maya McDonald, and Lynn Casper from Homoground. Ground.